tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And thanks for staying with us here on PM Express. Tonight we are talking about a controversy that has erupted, but it's about us, about my profession. The GJA, the Ghana Journalists Association, is waging a war against assault on journalists, and they are deploying a tool called media blackouts. If you assault a journalist, regardless of who you are, the GJA will issue a fiat for media organizations to boycott you. In other words, you will not be covered. You will not be head as part of the tools to sanction impunity against journalists. That has thrown up some disagreement because some in the fraternity, including the chairman of the uh, National Media Commission, Yabudi Ebuafo, disagrees with this particular approach. He believes it is unproductive. It is one that we're going to be looking at here on PM Express, and let's do so. As you know, the uh, GJA and the NMC now have been pitched on this particular subject following the pronouncement made by Yabudi Ebuafo, who is the chairman. Uh, his point 
was a simple one, that uh, he believes that this, this is a unilateral position. And the decision to boycott and to you know, uh, black out individuals won't yield the right results. Uh, his point is that, yes, there is impunity against the journalists, but you cannot use impunity to fight impunity. That's his position on the subject. The GJ isn't happy with that particular position as expressed by him, and they are fighting this quite vigorously. Now, if you look at the GJA's options in dealing with this particular matter of assault of journalists, they served notice last year that they will do three things. Take legal action. They will also embark on a strike. In other words, if this happens, and we believe that it's in our interest to do so, to protect the rights of journalists and freedom of expression, we'll decide that there will be no PM Express that day, that you tune into Joy News that day and you see nothing. There will be no news on myjoyonline.com. There will be uh, a complete blackout, just so that you know that we are serious about fighting for our own rights and resisting impunity. But the GJ said that's one of the tools they want to deploy. And then you have the last one, which is the blackout, which is what they've deployed uh, since last year. We've seen at least this year, we've seen two cases, the uh, Hawakumsin case. We've also seen the case that uh, they've been deployed now. That the recent one is what has generated a fair bit of controversy against Farouk Mahama in Yendi, the MP for Yendi. So these are the three options on the table for the GJA, and they are deploying all three at the same time. But this is generating a fair bit of controversy uh, as far as that is concerned. Now, why is the GJA taking this matter on? And why are they taking this particular drastic measure? Because of the numbers on your screen here. Because if you look at the total number of individuals, uh, journalists who have been assaulted, 35 since 2019, that's, that's quite a lot. And the number of attacks on media institutions is 14. Well, just think about any profession in this country. Either you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, or whatever you do. If you consider that many of your colleagues in the same industry, 35 of them within this period, 2019 to 2024, have been attacked simply because we're doing their jobs in the line of duty. In, in our case, some of them have been killed, Right? Maimed. Some of them are currently living with permanent scars of that attack. That tells you a story immediately that is completely unacceptable. And then, beyond the fact that individuals have been attacked, 14 institutions have also been attacked. So what it means is, take, let's take an institution, uh, a profession like the medical profession. They work in hospitals, health facilities. So if you do the comparison, this is equivalent to people simply going to a hospital where doctors and nurses work and attacking that institution. That, if it ever happens, you know what the doctors and nurses do? They strike because they want action in the one that matter addressed by the state agencies empowered to do so. Well, GJE says, well, in our case, the tool that we are in full control of, the microphones and the pens, and we'll use that against an individual who takes the law into their own hands to attack us. Now, this graph here, now, breaking down the numbers is a very interesting graph because it shows us where the bulk of the attacks have been and which years, right? Now, if you look at 2020, what happened in 2020? 2020 was an election year. And that's in the last several years since 2019 has been the year with the most attacks on journalists. And it is the reason why the year's beginning, and already we've seen two, the beginning of the year, and the GJ is warning that if this continues, they'll have to deploy all the tools. And that is why 
they're deploying the blackout too now the way they're deploying it because history tells them and i saw as you see on your screens here that election years journalists get caught up in the storm and most of them many of them get assaulted right 12 in 2020 we don't want to get to that point this year and something has happened dj says the blackout tool is a very effective tool whilst we pursue the cases in court but also potential strike Whilst those two have been considered and been pursued, the blackout is immediate. You can simply call a press conference, and in solidarity with everybody else, the fraternity can take a decision against one person. So this should place us in context on why this is happening at this time before we get into thick of a campaign period where journalists will be traveling across the country covering political events, and then they become exposed, right? We'll talk about that with my guests when we sit down for a conversation. Now, the NMC itself is it's pivotal role is to protect journalists, is to protect the sanctity of this particular profession, right? And ensure uh, utmost standards are kept in, the, in, this, in this industry called uh, the, the fraternity I love and I practice every single day. Um, of course, if you also believe that the media has injured your reputation, you go to the NMC, right? So they are there. What are they supposed to do? Protect us. Many cases have gone to the NMC, both people complaining about the journalists and the job and the fact that they've been professional or unprofessional, the, the NMC adjudicates this particular matter and they decide uh, one way or the other. In the cases in, before them, if you look at their own records, the NMC's own PBB estimates, 46% of the cases before the NMC have not been resolved. Many of these cases have nothing to do with assault of journalists, but they have to do with the NMC's own work. Why is this important? We are looking at the NMC as a tool for promoting professionalism, but also protecting journalists, right? And the, and the interests of journalists. Now, what we are talking about reflects in the World Press Freedom Index. And over the period, as the number of the tags grow, we've seen a decline in our index over the period. And the line shows and tells its own story. I don't have to say much about this because it shows the decline over the period. And, and, and when, you look at, when you look at it, though, it hasn't been great in the last three years. In fact, that decline here is pretty sharp. It is the lowest we've had in a long time. And you see that reflected. And let me make it even more stark for you. Because you begin to see where we used to be, 23rd, and where we are currently, 62nd. That tells a pretty graphic picture. Something needs to happen and must happen immediately to fix this particular problem. And for me, if you look, compare where we are to other countries in the continent, it makes for pretty heartbreaking reading. Because if you look at Burkina Faso and Niger, they are above us in the, in the index. Which, and Burkina Faso and Niger, as you know, they are overrun by uh, coup makers. They've broken out of, the, of ECOWAS, right? And yet, in a country like that where you have a military junta, and military junta's have a reputation for being brutal against press freedom, Certainly, certainly, this doesn't make for a good story for Ghana, where we still have a democratic government in place, and we are still below Burkina Faso and Niger when it comes to the World Press Freedom Index. That is a story that needs to be dealt with and dealt with immediately. And that's why we're going to have this conversation with my guests who are joining me after this. Stay with us. is always brought to you by Syntex Tank. It's also brought to you by Pep Student and by uh, Ghana AIDS Commission. 
also. And I always recommend Syntex Tanks for you, no matter your water needs. Syntex Tanks has it all. Syntex Tanks is first to introduce you double layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tanks is first to introduce the white inner layer tanks in Ghana, and now you, you also introduce you to the customer specs. In other words, it is bespoke. What you want is what they give you. They also have seven years warranty. Nobody else has that in Ghana. So why don't you pick a phone and call them? Because they will provide anywhere in the country. 0244-335-168 is the number to call them on. Pepsodent Cavity Fighter is one that is necessary for the protection of your teeth, but also it is fortified with profluoride and microcalcium ingredients, sealing tiny and invisible holes in your teeth. This prevents cavities, keeps your teeth strong and mouth healthy. Pepsodent Cavity comes in 175 big family pack, 120 G Ejaka pack, and 65 grams and 12 grams sachet. So you can always get what you, what you can afford at any time. Don't just use toothpaste that brushes your teeth. Use Pepsodent that protects your teeth. Pepsodent, every smile matters. My guest joining me for this conversation is Professor Kwame Kaikai, Professor of Journalism and Mass Communications. Uh, it's also the executive director of the Media Foundation for West Africa who join us. Uh, in the studio with me is Albert Kabana Junfo. He's a GJA president. In the studio with me, Kujo Ponkruma uh, will join us uh, later on phone for a conversation. Samson Lala Yenini also joins us now. Um, I, I want to start with Professor uh, Kalkari if he's on. Do we have Professor Kalkari on? Okay, we've lost him on the line there. We'll try and get him back into the conversation. Uh, Samson is on with me. Yes, sir. Hi, Samson. Great to have you. Samson, let's start with uh, the, the position as expressed uh, by the chairman of the NMC. I spoke to him on Newsnight uh, an hour or two ago, and it was clear that he was speaking in his personal capacity. But his point is important, is that deploying this to a blacklisting people is not a productive tool. What's your take on that? I don't know what he means by it's not a productive tool. Where, where, where productiveness means what? It doesn't fix the problem. And that what will fix the problem is taking on the cases in court. Look, I'm in court uh, doing cases for a number of journalists, uh, some who have been maimed. Uh, you know the Latifidris matter. The, the police have been in court saying that the thing that happened on their compound, they don't have a, a CCTV, you know, footage for that day. They didn't, as if the CCTV didn't work on that day. So, you know, it's one thing pursuing a course in court where the rules have been laid down and are strict and you may not be successful Okay, you may not be successful for a number of reasons, but this is sort of an open and shut sort of process by which they are trying to ensure some sanity. This is within the GJA, this is within the journalists that they can use the power of blacklisting, so to speak. 
if you and your followers are the reason, you take, for example, that in the Latifi Dries matter, for example, if it were the case that the decision was taken that the police will suffer, you know, a blacklisting or there will not be uh, coverage for the police for as long as they didn't do the right thing. Okay? Can you, can you imagine what the results will be? It will be very effective. Okay? So, I don't know what, what he means by this is, this is not productive. It is a veritable tool. And I will urge them to use it and use it very well. The, Samson, stay with me for a second. Uh, let, me, let me come to the GGA president on that. So, uh, Samson, who is a lawyer and also a colleague of ours, who's been campaigning on this matter for quite a while, says it's a tool you should use. But the NMC chairman disagrees. First, give me context, though. Today, he was insisting that we would take him out of contest. He was speaking at an event that you were present. Of course. What event was this? This is um, GGA U.S. Embassy workshop uh, to train journalists ahead of the 2024 elections. In fact, it is deemed journalists for peaceful discourse in Kumasi. So this is our own platform. We invited him. Oh, so you extended the invitation? Yeah, we extended the invitation to him to come and speak. Little did we know that he was going to uh, use our own uh, platform to antagonize us and to chastise us. What did he say, really? You were there. Yes, I was there. What did he say? No, the the truth is, first, he said that this decision is only popular, but dysfunctional. One. Two, he said that we we can't address impunity with impunity. Yeah. So what it means is that our position... It's also an impunity itself. And also referring to our position as dysfunctional, which is an insult to the entire fraternity. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? 
la emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And remember, uh, Evans, this decision is not a unilateral decision of the GG. We had an extensive engagement, an extensive consultation with key players. And not only key players in the industry, heads uh, of some selected media institutions were actually consulted. Uh, senior veteran colleagues, our reps on NMC, which he shared, because NMC is a composition of reps from different constituencies or different bodies. DJ has two reps. So we also consulted our reps. And again, as, aside that, we have the support of the three other umbrella bodies. And if I talk about three other umbrella bodies, we are talking about the Gegiba Primpak Media Foundation for West Africa. And we all share the same conviction. And that the timing for this, it is the right time for us to take this uh, measure because we all know that we have suffered the collateral consequences of this attack in the past. And it has become, it is becoming one too many and statistics shows. And I, I, was, I was watching you when we were, were showing and taking up, working us through the statistics. Just last year alone, you saw in 2020, because it's an election year, yeah. you recorded 12 yeah. the whole year. Now, from 2019 to 2024, sorry, 2023, average attack on journalists on the media is four. That is four every year, averagely. Now, last year, within a spate of eight months, March and October, we recorded nine, nine attacks on the media. Mm. Yes, sir. And, and we all saw it. Out of the nine, only two, I say logical conclusion, only two were prosecuted. And even we all saw the outcome of the prosecution. We all saw the, 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 the sentence or the conviction. Weak, very weak, because the police could only prefer weak charges. So what we are saying is that the timing we find ourselves, especially in the election year, if you are a politician, if you are a government appointee, if you are a state appointee, and you don't have the temperature, you don't have the temperature, you don't have the capacity to accommodate journalists, just stay away. Otherwise, we will stay away from you. Because this is, we are in a democratic dispensation where we all believe, or it is, it is, it is a known fact that an attack on the media is an attack on our democracy. And his point, though, is, we'll come to the impunity bit, yes. but his fundamental point is that it is not productive because it doesn't fix a fundamental problem. That to fix a fundamental problem, you need people to be punished through the courts, and that's what you should be pursuing, spending your energies there, not... So if we spend our energy, we have spent our energy in finding out the perpetrators of our mess there. For five years, we are still spending our energy. And like uh, my colleague and my big brother Samson said, he's a lawyer. We spent our energy on Latif. When Latif was attacked, this was at the, at the entrance of the CID headquarters, which are CCTV. On that very day, it was non-functional. It wasn't working. We called, in fact, that was the first time the GJ, in fact, came out to call 
on our members to blacklist the police service. Because we, we felt that they were just playing with us. And this is the very body, very institution supposed to protect journalists in this country, to, pro to provide the safety and neighboring environment for journalists to thrive and do our work. Till today, there are people, they, 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 we call them the officers in black, have not still brought the perpetrators to book. Meanwhile, they know those who did that. The police are aware, and I can say it without missing words. So what we are saying is that if the system, which is supposed to protect us, the system is supposed to ensure that we, can, we get justice for our colleagues who have come under such attack, has failed to do their work. Then you're taking the matter into your own hands because your tools are pens and microphones. And microphones. You're going to deprive those people who are solving. These are weapons. Of, of, those, of those tools of course. that you have. And it is working okay. for us, Evans. In the, in the short while, I can tell you that, like you said, we started with our commission. And in less than a week, she reached out to call for a cruise. He called you personally? She called me personally. Calling me personally and ready, in fact, demonstrated a preparedness and readiness to cooperate with the GJE to bring the perpetrators to book. And did, she, did, she, did she agree that she assaulted? No, she didn't assault. We said that a tax. Her team, a, a, a a team, team around a her. A team around her supported. So, but you hold their ultimate responsible. Responsible. Because we, we believe that as a member of parliament, if your team, because your attacks around you, your armful or you can pose threat to journalists, it is important to do it, to give out those people. So since this call to you, what has happened? Oh yes, yeah. We have, in fact, we are making an arrangement to meet. They are, they are, we are here to uh, welcome uh, her and her team, uh, the press center, to look at the way, the possible way forward. So the case, so like I said, at least we've chopped sources. It is because it is. I don't think that she will pick the phone and call and follow up. It is for the reason. Did she apologize to you? Uh, she. I can say that she. She. She sounded uh, remorseful. I don't use apologetic, but she's sort of remorseful and also uh, like uh, her readiness, like she has now showing interest in the matter, unlike before. Has this also reported to the police? True? In this we, case with the... Yes, it has been reported to the police. Okay, but the people around her, have any of them, do you know if any of them... Nobody has been invited. We have the pictures, we have videos. And the police, we, the, they have this. The police have this. We have sent it to the police. We have petitioned the IGP. We petitioned the IGP to call on the leadership, that is the police hierarchy, to meet with them on this very matter. So now, and could you believe that, uh, Evans, the issue was reported at Kotokraba Police Station in Cape Coast. The regional police command invited the investigator to come along with the victim, that is, with the, with the complainant, who is our member. And when we went, the police was rather doing the bait, the bidding of the party, telling them that the party want to settle the issue amicably. With him, is it the responsibility of the police? Mm. In this, how Kumsun called though, if this is a criminal matter that the police investigating, and she is sounding remorseful, she yes. should just hand over these individuals to the police. She is saying that. In fact, she still stands by the fact that she still doesn't know uh, the people who actually assaulted her. But we have given, we have given enough. If you are telling her that the people who did are her people, so now what she is coming to do is that she is coming to meet with us. We will give her 
whatever there's whatever the thing we want this is where we need a cooperation professor karikari has joined us now let me okay. go to him uh, prof thanks for joining us we lost you earlier uh, I, I want to take get your take on the deployment of this blackout tool what's your assessment of it as an effective tool to fight impunity against journalists well my view on the media taking a position to black out any newsmaker or any public official is that the media have a right to take any such position when they consider that the action of the of the subject, the, the person, uh, the official, is highly disrespectful of the profession of journalism, is highly offensive to the Constitution's provisions of the freedom of the press. For a minister to behave like that to the media, in the sector of the media, and without rectifying that action, such a politician deserves to be blacked out. It's as simple as that. They don't deserve the, uh, the, uh, the labor of the journalists. After all, we are here in this country when both the MPP and the NDC at one point or another threatened to boycott your very station and ban your very station from covering activities that they do. So why won't, why can't the media also do the same? If the media said that we will not, we black out parliament, we black out the presidency, that would be extremely wrong. But for an individual politician who is campaigning for power, if that person chooses to abuse the media, the media cannot uh, do that person's work for them because they are telling the media that we don't want you. So that what, what business has the media to continue to provide that service that such a person says uh, they, don't, they don't want? So for me, the media blacklisting or blacking out coverage of any subject, it's, it's in their right. Yabudia Yabuafo say that you cannot fight impunity with impunity. As in blocking out these individuals amounts impunity. What would you say what, to that assessment? What, what, in what capacity was he speaking? He, was, he says he was speaking... The National Media Commission or what? He says he was speaking in his personal capacity. Yeah, well, he may speak in his personal capacity, but if you are in a certain public office, it becomes very difficult to express your private opinion about this, uh, something that affects the institution that you have. It becomes almost untenable for you to say that. Because once you have that institution, if you choose to express that public op a private opinion in the public space, you are creating difficulties for yourself, especially if it goes counter to what your institution stands for, namely the protection of, of press freedom in the country. You know, but I don't agree with that statement that they are
fighting impunity with impunity. I mean, there's been too much abuse of our donors, too much disrespect for our donors by political parties and their operatives. The elections coming, we'll see more of this. Mm. Because that's what has happened all the time during election year. Party activists molesting, attacking, slapping, seizing the, 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 the equipment of journalists, radio people, and so on. I, don't, I think there must be an end to this. And, and you think blackouts offer a deterrence? If the blackout is effective, the problem is can the DJ blackout be effective? Because half the media in this country or more are owned by politicians. So mm. uh, the politicians owning this media will continue to use their media. So that's where the, it becomes a problem, a technical problem, whether or not it can be effective. That's, otherwise, if it can be effective, then it can be a, a deterrent. That's my only concern. And, and, and please stay with me, because something Lada Yenini, who's a lawyer, joins me on this. Something, that is the problem, is it not? Uh, and that goes to the heart of what Yaibuda Ibafo was saying, that this is not effective, because how do we even enforce this across the country? You may get a few media houses like us, uh, if we evaluate it to see and, and determine that, yes, there's a case there to pursue, we will black out. We've done so. But how do you get everybody else to comply? And if there's no compliance, then... It isn't effective, is it? Hello, Samson. Well, first of all, it isn't. Yes, Evans. I can hear you, yes. First of all, first of all, it is not fighting impunity with impunity. This is a legitimate, is simple, is a convenient and pragmatic means of validating the rights of the journalists. Now, it's right, and I, I joined Professor Karkari in this issue. The media must be the first to learn to come together to protect themselves, to protect their own. That's the sad commentary about the media itself. Divided and unable to unite to protect their own. Really terrible. Now, Evans, of course, this must be done hand in hand with making sure that the, all the time the evidence of the impunity and violations are gathered and are used for purposes of prosecution and even for civil actions. I have just filed a, a civil action of police you know, violating, beating journalists. I have just filed one case. And even the people that you are filing the case for pause to ask you the question. In the end... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 
if the courts declared that we were right and the police was wrong, what at all would the court do for us? And they are right, Evans. I have done several cases. I don't remember when the court declared that the the and in almost all the cases, it's it was it's it's been against the police or some security agency, the the, the national security or call them whatever. And I don't remember the court in the end saying, in a civil matter, in the end saying, having violated this person's rights so so much, they deserve a certain sufficient amount of compensation. I don't remember getting 20,000 CDs for any of the journalists who were violated. You would, you would have the court award 8,000, 10,000, 8,000, 12,000 in the most. If mm. uh, Pukua and her friend were assaulted, when they were assaulted, the evidence was gathered for police to do the prosecution because you can't do private prosecution of a criminal matter. The police did not go on because they, they needed to work under the guidance of the attorney general. And at the time, it was very obvious that the attorney general was interested in protecting the officers of the state who committed the crimes against the journalists. That case didn't go anywhere in the criminal prosecution. We had to do the private prosecution in a civil case which was successful. In the end, the, the, the court said they should get uh, 10,000 CDs and then police should issue uh, apology um, to them publicly. Yes, they did. They issued apology to them. Um, also, the, 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 this, uh, what do you call them? The, N, the National Insurance Scheme people should issue apology and they had to do apology publicly, and they had to pay about 8000 or so. Evans, the point I'm making here is that even the police prosecutions, often we have seen they are lackadaisically conducted, they are not effective, the private civil actions, and very little compensation, not enough to deter the wrongdoers. Mm. So, this is a good tool, and the journalists must wake up and make the best use of this because it's, it is possible that this can bring some very good results. Uh, the, Mr. President, remember, 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 um, uh, Erasmus Asaridonko. Yes, Erasmus Asaridonko was threatened by a sitting member of parliament. Mm. In, in July of 2021, he was threatening, and the man used the words that he needs to be beat, uh, he needs serious beating, and that he should be beaten up, and that if he were the president, he will make sure that Erastos was giving a good whipping. When multimedia filed a formal complaint to the police in July of 2021 i led erastos to the police to file the complaint just december last year under the auspices of the ministry of information 
the mechanism that has been introduced to help you know fight this impunity the police were 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 assembled to give a, a status update of how they were dealing with these cases Evans the police said this case was only reported in the media and it was never formally no formal complaint was made to them I recall that and this was, was a, an open public forum yeah I was shocked I asked them are you guys serious this came with a formal letter detailing what had gone wrong and the evidence to you and you are here in 2023 December telling the world that a report that was made to you in 2021 July does not exist. It was not made to you formally, so you are not following it. Yeah. If it, you Google, you will see the letter on Google. And and and, you, and yet you went to a police station to file that report. Now, uh, Mr. Junfo, there's a point there that Professor Karikori makes. There's okay. something also reiterated, which comes back to the effectiveness of blackouts. Okay. Enforcing it and getting journalists to comply. How are you doing that? Because we've seen that even when you've issued that fiat, many media houses do not comply. We still see the individuals who are talking on, on the media houses. So doesn't that go to the effectiveness of that too? You see, um, um, uh, thank you, Ivas. We, Ivas, we are very much aware of the media structure, the ownership structure in the country, as uh, measured by Professor Kakari. And we are also aware that most of these politicians are behind most of the stations. But what we decided to do, like we said, uh, in fact, we are, when you look at the, the data we have in terms of number of radio stations, TV stations, that's electronic media, uh, the regions, only Accra, we have over 120. That's of TV, uh, for TV, and then for radio, we have about 50-something, almost 60. But the question, our, our, our uh, target where the main, that is the multimedia companies, the media houses, the conglomerates. So we, we decided what we did was that we, because we know at least the owners of some of these major media houses, what do we do? We have to we reach out to the leadership and heirs of these media institutions. Uh, you mean you're talking about independent media houses? Independent media houses. In fact, not including even state media houses. Okay. Because it's all under, under because journalists everywhere is under the, with the watch of the GJ. Mm. So we have the, so we have, uh, we dealt with the state media, but the four state media, which is, which is the GBC, um, uh, GLA, mm. Graphic Times Corporation. Yes, and then we selected the independent media houses, the major ones, which includes multimedia. Uh, Are you happy with compliance? So far, I can say that multimedia has really, has really done well. When you say multimedia, you're not refer- referring to, you're referring to us. No, I'm telling you, yes. I oh, thought, yeah, of course, of course. Yes. Yeah, of I course. No, I'm talking about generally. Generally. Generally, the media course. fraternity generally. Have you seen compliance? Of course. Of because course. for us, no of doubt. Of course, yeah. our expectations have been met. And I can, I can Across tell, the country? Across the country. Because, you see, when we started, in fact, uh, the first day we came out with the directives and the call on the media to blacklist our cousin, the, and then the, the resistance, the, we saw the resistance, we saw the opinion, the, the public opposition and all that. But I think that after some days, people started... What about Farouk's case? Farouk's case, like I said, because, because others have already joined the bad wagon, they've joined, they've joined the core uh, in the, to blacklist our country soon. It was, it was very easy uh, when, we, when we called on them 
to do the same to Farouk. And you can evade, like I said, but for the biting effect, I don't think that somebody like Owakunsi, an MP, Minister of State, will just reach out. We, uh, on Farouk's side, we have received a number of calls, and I don't think that uh, uh, it's appropriate for us to... I, I need to it. ask you that when you did the press conference last week, very quickly on Farouk, and on I did Farouk, speak to the yes. Kodopo Nkrumah, who is Information Minister, yes. he had called you, and you told me on Top Story of that yes. as you view that as a threat on your life. You're going to file a police report. Have you filed it? In fact, what, I, what happened was that I discussed with my lawyers, my legal team, and then they think that he felt that, okay, um, it was it was res in response to, I have him on the broadcast list. I have a broadcast list. Mm. So whatever I share, it goes, so to him. it goes for him. So I think uh, I shared the notice, that is invitation for coverage to journalists. And so, so it was more or less like in, in response or reaction to that. Mm. So my, 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 my lawyers advised that uh, we, should, we should just let it be for now. And then, uh, so that we can less monitor uh, its reaction or behavior uh, subsequently. So, for me, uh, for us, we can say that we we have we have enjoyed the cooperation of the majority, mm. even though we don't. Like I said, we don't. We were not expecting hundred percent account, knowing very well that even the ownership uh, structure, the media is shredded in secrecy. We all know it's an opaque, mm. and 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 we this was uh, this was captured in the. Is it the 2023? That is the media report. Yeah, uh, which, which I shared. Yes. Uh, but but th there's another point that uh, Yabuda Iwafu makes that I want to put briefly to Professor Kayakari before I bring in Kojo. And, and Prof, Prof uh, Yabuda Iwafu makes the point that, for example, if the police becomes a target after an abuse of a journalist by an officer and they fail to work on it expeditiously and the GJ says, black it out, that then means information coming out of the police service will be blacked out. His argument is that you are shortchanging your audience, the people of Ghana, by that particular action. And that in itself is a, it's, it's a, it's a right to uh, information, freedom of speech issue that must be addressed. And that ultimately, it proves counterproductive. What's your assessment of that? That public, that public... That is so-called for short change. What do they do when the media are suffering with impunity like that? So let, let's bring it down to the public, as you say he put it. The political parties are public, particular public. What do their members, what do their leaders, what, what do they tell their members their candidates and that they are full soldiers about how to handle media people. It's been going on and we don't hear anything from any presidential candidate, any party chairman, any party secretary general, any women's organizer, any youth organizer about how their party should treat journalists. Now, this thing about the police, yes, of course the police is such a major institution that what they do must all, always be in the public domain. But listen, about four or five years ago, the Media Foundation for West Africa, GIVA, GJA, um, the NMC itself, uh, and other organizations, Primpas, sat down over months and came out with an understanding, a document 
on police media relations. Mm. With, you know, systematic, very comprehensive document about setting up joint committees to investigate things, joint committees for consultations and so on, on a healthy media relation. The current IDP was a member of this process from A to Z. Why have they set it aside? Why have they not used it in training recruits? Why have they not used it in training or in orienting their uh, top uh, uh, officers? Why is it that even since this whole arrangement was made, rather the situation of police attacking or police brutality on journalists has rather escalated? Why? So what public uh, is uh, Mr. Yawafu talking about? What public? A public as, as individual citizens, unorganized, don't mean a thing about rights of people. It is organized groups who always must fight for rights of people. And here we are talking about institutions, political parties, people who, uh, people who, are, who want to or are already running affairs of this society. Mm. And if they don't respect basic constitutional things about rights of journalists. Where else do you go? Where else do you go? Because, again, the other side of this whole thing with these politicians is that there are too many politicians who behave in a very sluggish manner. Politicians who, even in front of the police, on radio, openly, talk about we should be beaten, talk about he should be whipped. I mean, very backward, very reactionary, very uncivilized yeah. utterances by politicians, people who are running our affairs according to a constitution, yeah, yeah, a civilized document. You yeah. know, so there is a culture of backwardness among so much of our political and and, and, and thankfully. I've just been joined by Kojo Ponkruma on on phone. He is the information minister, Mr. Ponkruma. Thanks for joining us on this. First off, thank you. I mean this this debate around the effectiveness of blackout media blackouts as a tool to deal with impunity against journalists. Do you endorse the GJA strategy to use that to deploy that as a means of deterring others from assaulting journalists? I 100% endorse that as a strategy by the GJA because as part of their various other uh, tools at their disposal, though it may not be 100% successful in achieving a full blackout because media ownership is diverse uh, and editorial interests are different, at least it raises full attention onto the subject and helps bolster the various getting some resolution to this. So it is a legitimate tool, and I encourage the GJA to continue to use it, even if it means for Parliament or for the Presidency, and that's what I would disagree with uh, Professor Kwame Kakari, whether it's the Judiciary, the Parliament, or the Presidency, or individual politicians, it's for, I mean, or corporate entities, it is a legitimate tool. Yes, I concede it will not be 100% effective because of the diversity of ownership and editorial interests, but it will help to raise full attention onto the subject. I think there are two things that the GDA needs to do, however. Number one, not just deploy this tool because 
they have received a report of an alleged attack on somebody. And therefore, they proceed to say, because we've received a report of an alleged attack on somebody, the person who is alleged to have perpetrated that attack is blacked out. I think that will fail a prima facie test. I think the DGA needs to put in place some very clear and mutually acceptable standards that will allow some establishment that, yes, indeed, and I think like the example Samson cited, it wasn't just um, a report, but it was a case in which a known person had explicitly done X, Y, Z. I mean, in the case of Howard Kumsin, for example, if you listen to the DJ president, he conceives that Howard Kumsin herself was not involved in it, but persons associated with her are believed to have been involved in it, and they proceed to seek to exact a blackout on her. Um, that may be a bit of a gray area. And you notice that Professor Kakari, in his analysis, if I wrote down his words well, he then says, for a politician of her stature to do that, even the DJ hasn't said she has done that. So you then notice that we are going into gray area. So it is important for a proper litmus test to be established of when will this tool be deployed. I agree with the tool 100%. But it is important for that tool to be clearly, or the circumstances for which it is deployed, to be clearly developed. So that it's not an instance of, Somebody says persons close to Evans Mensa have done this, and therefore we announce a blackout on Evans Mensa. But what is the litmus test? And then also, I think the second thing that the DGA should do, and I know they are doing it, I want to encourage them to do a bit more, and all other stakeholders. The NMC on its own cannot resolve these matters. The legitimate institution that can resolve these matters of attacks on journalists, I think something has alluded to it already, is the Ghana Police Service and the Judicial Service. We all have to hold the police and the Judicial Service consistently accountable for the cases that are reported to them and see how they follow through. We at the Ministry of Information adopt a minimalist standard. When it is drawn to our attention, we draw the police's attention to it that deal with it. But we have to consistently hold them accountable so that they can't come around and tell us that we didn't hear about this or there was no evidence about this or something. I believe that if we consistently hold the police and the judicial service accountable, I know the IGP is interested, I know the Chief Justice is interested, we'll get to that point where no police command or police office can then, you know, waff, like, you know, play, play, play hanky-panky with these reports as they come to them. So, simply put, yes, I 100% I support this as a tool. It will not be effective, but at least it will draw full attention. But what we need to do is to have some clear guidelines on when it is deployed to avoid gray areas. And then we secondly have to ensure that the officers of state who can deal with it, i.e. the police and the judicial service, are held accountable for it. That's why we went to Parliament to make a statement calling on Parliament to support. That's why we brought all the media stakeholder groups together to hold them accountable. And we need to continue with it until we get some traction. Uh, and I want to get a quick update on the coordinated mechanism on the safety of journalists, CMSJ, which was established under your watch in 2021. Part of its mandate was to develop a framework for use by all stakeholders to protect uh, journalists uh, from danger, but also ensure prosecution of perpetrators of violence against journalists. I'm, I'm curious, how many cases have been prosecuted so far based on this framework since its establishment? 
I don't have the data in front of me. I can forward it to you by tomorrow morning when I get it. But last year, at the end of the year, we held a public forum, I think something alluded to it, where we brought the police, and they accounted for all the cases we had reported to them, how many of them they had succeeded in prosecuting, how many of them they, they claimed they didn't have evidence. That was something alluded to, even including the Erastus case, and how many of them were still under investigation. My point is this. We have to consistently do this and hold them accountable on this data so that we get traction. I don't have the data.